Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Fashion Sense Finance Mess Podcast, the modern girls and guys guide to financial success while still looking cute on a budget, of course. Well, Lindsay, today is going to be another exciting podcast as we have another guest. Whoop whoop. We figured everyone might be bored listening to just the two of us by now, so... I would be. (laughs) I thought a second episode in a row with a guest would be fun. We will introduce her shortly. How was your past week, Linz? It was good. Can't complain. Yeah. It's been a good week, yeah. We uh, got into TikTok. We did. We did dive into the world of TikTok. <laughs> it's been quite an adventure. It has been an adventure. Fun. A little crazy. It's one of those but... things that makes me like pause for a second and actually recognize my age. Yes. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like, could you imagine having this and we were actually like 18, 19, 20? No, we would have been a disaster. <laughs> I mean, we we still are, but <laughs> <laughs> we still are a disaster. Um, this past week over on Instagram and the blog, uh, Monday, March 8th was International Women's Day. A uh, blog post went live, which was all about the lowdown on TFSAs. And I talk about different types of sinking funds. All right, everyone. Well, we did mention we had a special guest today, and it is Kelsey Fish. Hi, guys. I'm so excited. We are very excited to have you. So I just want to start off with, like, who are you, how old are you, and what do you do? Yes. So, again, my name is Kelsey Fish. Um, I am 25, and I currently now work as a virtual health and fitness coach, and I'm also a mindset mentor. So there's been a lot of kind of changes in the past year that I kind of – I'll talk about how I kind of, like, got to where um, I am now, but that's kind of, like, what I'm doing right now. Did you want me to jump into how I got where I am or kind of – Yeah, so first I'm just going to say, like, how I came across you. Um, I went to high school with somebody that knows you, Harley. Yep. So then you started kind of popping up on my social media, and then you're always so, like, upbeat. And then, oh, it was probably, like, December, I think, I signed up under you. Yeah. And you became my coach. I think it was in December. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we just finished nine-week control freak, and... I loved it. So exciting also. (laughs) So yeah, I want to start off with how did you end up where you are now? So I went to school for psychology and brain disorders. So literally nothing to do with like business or health and fitness, like nothing like that. Yeah. And I was a previous athlete. So when I moved home from university, I was kind of like in that awkward stage of like, what do I do with my life? I think everyone Mm -hmm. has that phase of like, okay, crap, now what? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So I was like, I kind of had a phase of myself. Just I was just putting myself on the back burner. I was constantly pouring into everyone else, never really like giving myself, you know, that time and energy um, to put back into me. And so I saw someone sharing these workouts on Instagram. I saw someone like talking about their team and these groups they had. And I was like, well, first of all, I was like, there's no way someone's as happy working out. Like, I just don't understand <laughs> why and how they're talking about like this team. Don't you have to like be in person to be a team? I don't get it. And so I, at the time was in, you know, into like a bunch of memberships. I was trying literally everything out there and I could never stick with something. And so it was kind of a point where I was like, you know what? 
she's talking about these groups. They're amazing. I'm going to hop into them, see how I like them. And that's exactly what I did. I was like, this will be my final thing I put my money into for myself. Mm-hmm. And so I fell in love with the programs. I fell in love with the like accountability that came with it. And I was entering my post-grad in brain disorders. And so these workouts were like the literally the only thing that fit into my lifestyle because I was commuting. Um, I was also starting a job as a behavior therapist. And so I was like, I had a lot on the go, a lot of new changes in my life, like just going through that season. And so they were something that fit into my lifestyle like perfectly. And so what I didn't realize at the time was that I could actually share these workouts with other people and become a coach and, you know, run my own groups and have other people do this with me. Mm -hmm. So that's slowly what I started to do. Um, I was slowly starting to share about my workouts and what I was doing and the team that I was building and the community that I was building and more people started to like get curious. And so it was kind of my time where I was like, okay, I could take this with somewhere. Like, yeah, I could really start to lean more into coaching and see, you know, just have fun with it and see where it kind of takes me. And I was really, really getting burnt out at my job as a behavior therapist. Um, I wasn't really clear on like where I wanted to go with my degree. Um, I knew that I wanted to work in a hospital. That was like my dream job. I just wanted to work in research um, at a children's hospital. And that's Mm -hmm. exactly what I ended up getting. I ended up landing my dream job in a hospital. I was still coaching at the time on the side. And, you know, flash forward a few weeks, few months into my job as um, a research coordinator at a children's hospital, I just like, it was my dream job until it didn't become my dream job anymore. Um, Yeah, I think a lot of us can relate to that. Like you have your mind so set on wanting to do something and financially it makes sense. And then all of a sudden you're kind of like, wait, what am I doing? Yeah. And I was like, this is what you do, right? You get the degree, you get a job and like, aren't, aren't I supposed to be fulfilled now? Like, isn't this it? And that was not the case. (laughs) So, um, again, coaching was kind of my outlet at that time. It was like, okay, I can come home. I could do something that fills my cup up. I can create it however I want to do it. Um, I can like pour into this group with all these like-minded ladies and like share my struggles, share my successes and have people to cheer me on. Um, and I really did, you know, I enjoyed my job as a research coordinator. There was nothing wrong with it. Um, Mm -hmm. people that I worked with were great, but I didn't have any room for growth for myself. And I'm the type of person who like, I need to be challenged and I need to always be like setting new goals and achieving new goals. That's just like who I am. And so I was getting to a point of like extreme burnt out, like energetically exhausted, hitting a point of like my anxiety was so bad. I just couldn't, it scared me to think about like, this would be my life in five years from now if I didn't make a change. And that terrified me. So I leaned more and more into the coaching opportunity. There was obviously, you know, it was, it was hard to do because I had all of this stuff going on, but also I wanted to see where this coaching opportunity can take me. Cause with coaching, I can create my own everything. Like it's totally dependent on me. And that's exactly what I did really poured into it more and more and eventually was able to take it part-time. And then a few months later, I actually took it full-time. And so oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's I so exciting. To, yeah, it's kind of how I got to like become a full-time coach. And that was only a year ago that I became a full-time coach. So um, 2019 you took it or 2020? Yeah, it was, it was the, it was actually the very end of 2019. Okay. Um, so like last year was really my first full year being full-time. 
Um, but yeah, in the past year, I have also started my own podcast. That was something that kind of came from it. And then I also started my own mindset mentoring business. So now I'm kind of running two businesses and a podcast. Um, but that was keeping really, busy. Yeah. Really <laughs> just though, like from me declaring that I was willing to like take control of my life and see things differently. And mm-hmm. I just was like, I was so tired of all the nonsense. And I was like, okay, I'm ready to like make real changes in my life. And if nothing's changing, nothing's going to change. And what I mean, yeah. what I mean when I say like, I was willing to see things differently. It was that I had, I had all these different like patterns and behaviors and beliefs around working on my own and around money that were just like not supportive to me. And they weren't, they weren't at all helping me create the life that I wanted to live. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so this again, it included how I thought about money, how I was kind of like raised, how I responded to money, the expectations I kind of had. Um, and just of course, all the fears that I had around going. Yeah. Um, so I want to touch on like one of those fears. So when it came to finances and your money, was that a big deciding factor when you decided switching from a stable, like full-time job to coaching full-time? So it was definitely a factor to me, of course, um, when deciding to make that switch, I was just not in a good place financially. Even when I made the decision to go full-time, I was not in a good place financially. I didn't have the right mindset around money. Um, mentally, I had the belief that like, I must be trading time for money. That was my thing. I was like, that's the belief I've always had, you know, this is the only way you make money is through this nine to five job. And Mm -hmm. that's it. I just was living paycheck to paycheck. I was like, I would get the paycheck just to like make ends meet. And that was kind of it. So yeah, it was a huge factor when debating to switch to coaching full time. But I also had the thought of like, I can take this so much further and I'm in control of my income as a coach. Like I can, if I want to make more money, I can do that. I have control over that. Like I know exactly what I need to do. Whereas in my full-time job, there was no room for growth for me. It was like, this is what you're getting paid. Maybe in a year you'll get like a dollar raise. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was kind of like, okay, either, either I like play safe and just live this mediocre life where I'm not happy, not fulfilled, or I take some risks. I kind of get my back up against a wall and create a life that, you know, I have to take ownership and responsibility for that in my outcomes. Well, I like how you said doing the coaching, you are in more control. Um, I think it's interesting when we are always so comfortable and society really puts a lot on that nine to five. Yeah. But you can be fired any second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that stable income is gone. Right. Whereas what Kelsey's saying is that she is in control. And I believe you can, like income wise coaching, um, you can grow a lot more than your previous job. Yeah. Yeah. So there's really no like ceiling to kind of hit. That's amazing. That's so nice. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was definitely a factor. And I, I have to always like, I'm still, it's it's still a work in progress, but it's a a whole reminder of like, okay, you know what? Money doesn't control my life. I have control over that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, a lot of the whole, like just had to shift those energies I embodied around money and when it came to money and like even the words I spoke about it. Um, But there's been full shifts there. (laughs) So your relationship with money has obviously evolved. When you were at your nine to five, you would say that your relationship with money was worse than it is now? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just like, again, it was my, it was the mindset of like, I have to, you know, clock in 
to get money. And that's yeah. the only way I could make money. That was my mindset. Because mm-hmm. I believe your commute was pretty long yeah. if I – yeah. Like, was it 45-ish minutes to an hour? Oh, yeah. It was, like, an hour and a half each way. Okay. So, Lindsay, you kind of have uh, experience with that. Yeah. I was going to say I actually can uh, relate to Kelsey on a, a few things here. So, you went through for a behavioral therapist. I'm a recreational therapist. And the oh, same no, thing. I- like, clinical setting was, like, my yes. my dream. Um, but where I'm currently working, like, there's just so much more opportunity for creativity and, like, so much encouragement to be, like – like I just bring forward an idea and that. my superiors are like, okay, well, can you make it work? Like go try and end this. And I totally can appreciate what you're saying of like, they're not being that set lane. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Cause I, I totally thought that was where I wanted to go as well. Um, but yeah, as Taylor saying, I was commuting in and out for quite a while. I was doing a, uh, about two hours each way for for about four months and it was and and I guess I mean if I hit bad traffic it was definitely two hours (laughs) yeah I luckily Taylor and I have gone into this a few times but I luckily on that two hours it was train which I found a lot better for me because I could do other things in that time like I could kind of right you know get like either school assignments done or you know watch my Netflix show or read my book or or whatever that was yeah um whereas I've been on the flip side too where it's driving and like that's all you're doing yeah exactly yeah and for both of you you found so your finances and your budget obviously switch like when you're commuting for that long the amount of money you're spending on gas exactly passes food take out food because you are commuting two hours and who the heck yeah. wants to come home and make like a really yeah. nice dinner yeah it's, it's crazy um, it's always so funny like thinking now of how much gas I'm saving like, <laughs> I because especially in a pandemic I don't leave my house right so when I fill up my gas I'm like oh my god I don't even know like if I remember how to do this like, <laughs> I know I think I'm down for like once a month because I work at home and there's like nowhere else to go yeah, yeah. exactly it's nice um, I want to kind of dive into the stigma when you starting to tell your family and friends and uh, Chris is your significant yes, other, yes. soon to be husband. Yes. Um, were there any like doubts from them? So like negativity around kind of jumping from the norm and doing your own thing. So it's funny because it, I feel like a lot of it was more. I was looking for their reaction out of things. So both my parents are accountants. So they're very like, um, you know, I grew up around lots of like budgeting and like, I don't know, just a lot of money beliefs that kind of like got into my mindset. Um, So for me, it was more like, what are they going to say? Like I was putting that stigma on myself, not even Mm -hmm. because I knew they would support me in anything I do. Right. But I was questioning myself, like, because I didn't, I would, I was fearful of what their reactions would be when, again, they did support me. Of course, they had like questions, but they supported me regardless. Um, so thank God I started working more on like my mindset around this piece, or else I would have let those like looks of other people, people kind of questioning what I'm doing hold me. Mm-hmm. And when you change your, like, when you change your mindset around money, you're, you change your experience of having money. And I think that like, regardless of what your job is, like you were just saying this, like your job can kind of be taken away at any point, even nine to five, Mm -hmm. you just, you never know. Um, but yeah, I definitely 
had to like work around that not getting offended by other why what other people are saying and I always say like if you're you know holding back your life and not making decisions or fearing around the looks and negativity you're giving up your control of life to other people's words people yeah are controlling exa- like how you what you do and how you feel and so they're and I mean they're not paying your bills right so. exactly like other people's opinions are none of our businesses business <laughs> and we have to control ourselves more than that to care about what people you know don't like about us or situations so people yeah. are always going to have something they don't like about you um I'm not saying like go go off and like piss your parents off piss people <laughs> off but if you're living your like truest authentic self living how you want to live if someone's offended by that or someone has a negative view on that that's their issue right that's their opinion. yeah yeah I totally agree. So just to go one step farther, when you did start bringing it to the social media world, because that is very, very different from your friends and family. Yeah. Was that hard? Um, yeah, I think it was more for me just like, again, the fear of what other people are going to say. I was always yeah. like looking over my shoulder to being like, oh, what's Sally going to say about this post? Um, yeah. And again, it was it was the the mindset piece of that, of like other people's opinions are none of our business. Um. And when you change that mindset, again, your experience changes, but it, it did take a lot of work. It wasn't just like, okay, I magically don't care about the looks and negativity around like leaving my job or posting on social media. But yeah. It kind of just like, I'm at a point where, you know, if they're going to say something, people are always going to have to say, say something about you. So I'd rather be yeah. doing something I love to do if they're going to yeah. talk and judge me, you know? Now I have a question for you, Kelsey. Did you find... Um, like when you were making that transition, did you feel like those moments of, am I like educated enough in this? Or like, do I have enough experience this to be oh, yeah. like charging money for this? Like, did you struggle with that? Oh yeah. Imposter syndrome was so real for me. I was like, who yeah. am I? No one's going to listen to me. Oh, I can relate to that so much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like, no one's going to listen to me. Like, who am I to be speaking about this? I don't have a fancy degree in anything. Um, and I think that's like, I mean, the coolest part about coaching is that you don't need to have um, experience with anything. Like, there's no requirements. And that's the same with like me becoming a mindset mentor. It was really mm-hmm. me like, people like, I always say people don't buy into like your product or like what you're selling. They pe- They buy into your vibe right? Like yeah. How you're showing up. And if I wasn't showing up with that confidence in myself, no one would want to be, you know, have me as a coach and be mentored by me and have a relationship with me. So I guess that's so cool. true. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> well, cause I know like Lindsay's boyfriend is, um, kind of finding his side hustle. Yeah, yeah. And do you want to go into more on that, on kind of why you asked that question? Sure, yeah. So he is a um, hydro lineman for our, our local utility. Okay. Um, but within the past, like, six months to a year, has, like, really found a passion in dog training. Um, so he's kind of been working with, like, a few dogs, um, actually one of, like, Taylor's neighbors, oh, cool. um, and then just kind of friends through that or whatnot. Uh, but he's at the point where, like, he's just doing it for free to kind of get the experience and, and some kind of, like, testimonials. Um, but it's that, like, I know he has that 
I don't feel like I'm established enough in this right. to start asking yeah. people for money. Um, but we were even talking about it today. Like, he's just like, I like my job. Like, I enjoy what I go and I do. But it's not like I have a passion for it mm-hmm. like I do when I'm working with the dogs kind right. of thing. So it'll just be interesting to see kind of, like, how he he builds that out as time yeah. goes on. And, you know, when he feels like he's at a yeah. point that he's – confident in in asking people for their money for what he's doing with their dogs but yeah it's funny that you say that because my fiance he owns his own business as well and he only really like got his feet on the ground last year um but it came from a lot of him doing like I don't know just doing a lot of like side jobs for people like fixing some things and whether that be I don't know taking care of dogs for like someone where you can get like some sort of testimonial like it mm-hmm. all just, it's all those little things that help you gain your confidence over time but also I always say to act as if so what I mean by that is when you're you know when you try when you when you want to build that confidence in yourself but you don't feel like you're qualified enough yet um, I always say like act as if you have this already big team that you're leading right now act as if you're already this incredible successful business owner because you're that's exactly who you're going to start to attract but if you act as someone who you're like oh I'm kind of like gonna sit back for a little bit because I don't know how this is gonna pan out I don't know if people will listen to me then that's exactly what kind of people are gonna like feel and get it from yeah you, get from your vibe so, so true I always say like act so as true. If. that's what I tell my girls all the time like act as if you are already the successful coach because you're gonna start to show up like that person every single day I like that. Oh, taking notes over here on that <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, so I have probably one or two more questions. Uh, we touched on it a little bit. So financially, your lifestyle changed from moving from your nine to five to working for yourself. Yeah. What else changed financially for you? So obviously, you've increased your income. Right. Have you been able to do things that you weren't able to do when you were on a set income? I want to say I, I, you know, I've been able to like travel everywhere, but we haven't been able to do it. (laughs) This is like the hardest question because again, yeah, like I wish I could, one of the biggest driving factors to me and why I wanted to leave my um, job full time is because I envision a life for myself where I can just like at any moment in time, be like, I'm going to go book a flight to this place and I'm going to go spend the weekend there. I'm going to go spend the week there. Like that was such a driving Mm -hmm. factor to me for some reason, a huge piece of my why. And of course, a year ago when I went full time, that wasn't really an option for me to travel. Man, that's so depressing. (laughs) But at the same time, it's been such a blessing for me because I probably wouldn't have a job right now if I, you know, wasn't coaching or if I stuck to that full-time job, like, I don't know. I feel like I probably wouldn't have that job because of the circumstances with everything. So it's also mm-hmm. such a blessing in this, in the, the way that like, okay, I can still create my own income and like do different things and not have to be like tied down to working these specific hours from home, or I can kind of like create my own schedule and do what I want. So that piece being able to earn in that way um, has been a huge blessing. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I would answer this question very differently if we weren't in a pandemic. <laughs> um, but definitely, yeah, there's definitely, I have more opportunities for like 
experiences and stuff that I wouldn't have had before. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Do you find that you might spend a little bit more than usual because you are home all day and you can go to HomeSense whenever you want? Yeah, um, probably. (laughs) But it I feel like my they weren't it wasn't really any different than me when I worked full time because you you make like you spend what you want, right? Like you you put your time, yeah. you put your money into the things that you want. And so I've always loved home sense that did me working full time <laughs> didn't stop me from going home sense on my way home from work or something. So mm-hmm. it's funny because I like I play a game with myself where I'll be like, Kelsey, you can only go to home sense and buy something you probably like don't really need right now, or just take a walk around there before you do XYZ, before you like make a new podcast episode, before you change a new life. Like I put the I put these little like games on for myself so that I'm not just aimlessly spending money. Especially So it's like a reward. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I can deal with that. Yeah. but again it's like sometimes I'll just go to home sense to walk around because I like it like I won't actually go okay as long as you leave your credit and debit card in the car you can do that (laughs) it just makes me happy (laughs) I totally feel that it's the vibe (laughs) it's the vibe of home yeah (laughs) oh my goodness um a more personal question you don't have to answer it I can always just cut it from the podcast but do you budget? And if you do, do you and Chris budget together? Do you keep your finances separately? <laughs> so this is a funny one. I was actually speaking to Chris about this before the episode. I'm like, you know, we're going to talk about budgeting on this episode, da, da, da. And so I want to say yes and no to this because, and I'm only saying no because I'm inconsistent with it. Like I'm, I'm good at budgeting things like my groceries. Like I have like the same grocery bill every week, my bills. We do like date night or takeout once a week. So I think that having like... I think that having a schedule with things helps because when you know what to expect and when to expect it, you can take a lot of stress out of the picture. But the other mm-hmm. thing is where I'm not good at budgeting. And I, I know this sounds bad cause I'm all about like, okay, take responsibility for your own life. But Chris is not good at budgeting and it's quite the game with him when it comes to the topic of like wanting versus needing. <laughs> like I need someone in my life who is going to be like, you don't need that. You don't need that right now. Like Chris, Chris will be like, let's get it, do it. So he like oh, he no. totally do- is not good at budgeting. Um, so yeah, he doesn't budget. I put effort into budgeting, but I'm not. I'm gonna have to have a talk with, with him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not very like, good. You need to listen to this entire podcast series because <laughs> you need some help. Um, but that's what we were talking about too. Like, I think there's if there's one thing to take away from this episode, it's like understand the difference between wanting and needing like yes. I talk to people every day who say no to a program that's like $15 a month but will buy all the fancy coffees and I'll see mm-hmm. that stuff and mm-hmm. they're doing all that stuff and we all know those things like home sense coffee clothes like the newest spring jacket that you want those are all needs but or sorry those are all wants but of course the needs should get the priority in things um, yeah it's funny you mentioned that because when I saw the price of the beach body membership and the equipment and I that was one of the things I was like wow that's like a lot of money but when you break down yeah. monthly and then you break down like what I spent on Starbucks a month it's yeah. kind of like okay wait a second I had to check myself for yeah. a minute yeah. and be like this is improving your overall health 
and you can do it without exactly. the sunscreen. It's so true. It's even like that with time. Like I know, um, for example, like to go back to the dog training things, like one of the clients Mark's been working with, he gave them the task of like doing this one thing with their dog for 10 minutes each night. And he went back two days later and like followed up and they're like, oh, we didn't get around to it. And it's like, I know it seems like so much when it's like this separate thing that you don't normally do for 10 minutes but it's like were you on like your social media for 10 minutes at night like how many episodes on Netflix did you watch you know what I mean like you can't take it's 10 minutes exactly it's so true yep oh yeah and I also run like I run a business with a team right I invest into them at like different times and that varies month to month so like I know that, but I understand that every month is different with budgets too. It doesn't have to be like set and that's what's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like in like some months things will come up. Like I need an oil change. I need to go get new tires soon for like spring and summer. Um, our house renovations, that always throws a wrench in like the budget I'm trying to create for us. We're also now planning a wedding. So like those things come up, but I also just Mm kind of have to remind myself, like give myself some grace and that the idea that like life doesn't control my money, I control my money kind of helps me make better decisions to like towards my money choices. (laughs) Absolutely. Always work in progress, especially living with someone who does not budget. (laughs) that's so funny he just do I need this or do I want this you should yeah, just get it exactly I'm like you need to start making a schedule for yourself on when you could go to LCBO when you could go to the beer store because these like every day and every week things got it we got to cut them down that's so now, funny. you guys because you guys live together and then Lindsay lives with Mark yeah. they keep their finances separate like bank yeah, accounts yeah. do you guys keep yeah, separate? Have our separate as well um it's kind of, it's mean like technically they're separate. Like we have different banks, but uh, like mm-hmm. a lot of what we buy is for us. Like a lot of like, mm-hmm. bills yeah. and stuff. So even when it comes to like, I don't know, random things around the house, I'm like, okay, do we like need this, need to be doing this right now? Or can we like push it off a few? I don't know. Oh my God. We're going to have to put some money into a wedding and like things like that. You sound like me with Mark and his house right <laughs> Like, do we need to do this all this month? Yeah, exactly. And with Chris, it's like all, like, you go all in, all or none. <laughs> oh, that's too Beautiful funny. work, though. You're living I mean, yeah, gorgeous. it's so worth it after. But then it's like, okay, we got to stop giving him his way all the time. <laughs> this could be dangerous. <laughs> okay, jumping into our last question before we play a game. Do you have like any funny or cringeworthy moments when it comes to like a money purchase, something you bought that you just regret so much? Um, I probably do, and I can't even think of things right now. I mean, it's a good thing that nothing's popping to my head right away. Yeah, that is a Uh, good thing. I mean, no, I feel like I'm honestly, I, I gotta give myself some credit. I feel like I'm pretty smart with like buying things that aren't like super cringeworthy. Um, yeah but you should ask Chris the same question and then come back with an oh my god I should (laughs) (laughs) all right so our last podcast episode was basically an entire game where I asked uh Lindsay and our other guests some questions and then they gave me their answer so So I have two of them for you um, would you give up Starbucks for a year if it meant you would get a lump sum payment at the end of the year in what you would have spent? Oh, yeah. 
Really? How so I, well, quick? Okay, here's the thing, though. I don't drink a lot of Starbucks. Fair. So, okay. Let's say That's fair. It's like, okay, HomeSense or something. <laughs> like, if you had to stop going to HomeSense once a month and then got a lump sum of money at the end of the year, I think it would that still I think be a I would guess? still say yes. Wow. That's amazing. I can see the, like, I know the, I can, I have the long-term vision in my mindset where if I were to ask Chris yeah. this, he'd be like, no, I have to stop going to the LCBO every week. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, instant gratification exactly, versus long-term yeah. goals. <laughs> yeah. Oh, too funny. Um, all right. The other one we had was if you were going on a first date type scenario, uh, 10 out of 10 looks, but they had terrible money habits <laughs> or six out of 10 looks, but they had good money habits. Um, I, what were you, Lindsay? I think we both were like six out of 10 good money habits. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like I would say that. <laughs> That's such a funny question. Yeah, six out of ten, <laughs> but good money. Happens. We got into the, the conversation. Like, cringe-worthy people out there, you know, like that spend their money yeah. aimlessly and yeah, that we're broke. That is like a fear of mine. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to well, meet anyone like that. That's gonna be like your first question on your date. What, what are your? Money <laughs> oh my god, habits? we joke about this all the time. Honestly, my friend Taylor on a first date. You know like, what? what's your credit score? I feel like you could almost tell with someone. Let's say you like went out for dinner, and like you can tell by the way they like leave a tip or something. So true. Yeah, and I think like how much they. Yeah, buy. like are they getting like seven yes. drinks, an appetizer, and a main meal, or exactly. are they kind of dialing it back? Yeah, like Chris. Chris yes. would be the worst person for this. Fun fact, actually, our very first date. <laughs> We went to a pizza wing place and we got a party platter that was meant for like a hockey team. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm like, like I don't think we need all that. Like, let's just get like the nachos and a pizza. And he's like, no, 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 we got to get it all. Like, but he's a perfect example of that where I should have been like, whoa, red flag. This guy's That's not so funny. <laughs> We're going to have to do another episode and bring Seriously. him on here so I can just tell him everything yeah. he's doing wrong. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. leftovers. That's why he sees it. Party platter for two. Yeah. See, and Mark's a little bit like that sometimes. Like, he sees at the end of the day, the money was spent, whether you bought like everything up front or you like spaced it yeah. out. He's like, the same amount of money left my bank account. Yep. Yep. I feel that. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is hurting my heart. <laughs> All right. Well, we had a blast with you today. Mm-hmm. How can everyone find um, you? You can find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at KelseyFish underscore. Yay. And then your website and your podcast. So my website is currently in the works right now, um, but I can send you okay. a like, link for it if you want to. Um, and my okay. podcast, you can find me on iTunes and Spotify. It's called Soul Share by Kelsey Fish. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. You can find Fashion Sense Finance Mess on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and now TikTok. So head on over to one of those and let us know your feedback on this episode and any topics you would want us to cover in the future. Thank you so much, guys. Bye.